Welcome back. Three Pup Pa. My name is Mike Caridi. I'm your host. This is episode number 13. Uh, I'm very excited this week because I have a guest that is different to every other guest we've ever had um, in a very normal way, but I'm just really excited that I finally have a female guest on to co-host with me tonight. So I'd like to welcome Olivia Klein. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, it's Honestly, I said just before we started recording, I've been trying to find someone to come on that could talk about golf. And I play a lot of golf and I'm seeing more and more females playing. And it's just, I just really want someone to come on and talk about golf from a different perspective than what I talk about every week, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Golf in um, the women's golf game is definitely booming and growing. Um, yeah. Seeing it from a, a work perspective and also just seeing it outside, um, even at my own golf club. Yeah. The weekends are now starting to be filled with more and more girls and women playing golf, which is so exciting. Is that something that like, so just for people at home, you work at Commonwealth Golf Club? I do, yep. Is that something that the courses are trying to take advantage of and try and drive? Or is it something that they measure? Is it, is it you know, how does it work when it comes to the golf clubs? Yeah, I think a lot of golf clubs, and I can talk about Commonwealth's experience, their membership database was less than 20% women. Um, so from that perspective and from even a committee perspective, they understood where they were sitting under 20% and not even having a, a good committee to represent yeah. women's golf in general. Um, so there was a big push within the committee to create some initiatives in place. So we're currently running a good women's program. It's been filled for this year with over 20-plus women joining that program. Um, and over the last 12 months, we've probably about, had about 18 to 20 women join the club um, yep. compared to previous years only being one or two. So definitely a big push since COVID. It, it's, it, yeah, I think across the board, obviously, like, you know, and everyone knows, like, golf's in a massive growth post-COVID. Um, you just need to go down to your local course and see it. But it is it is amazing to see how many more females. I actually played on Sunday afternoon at my local, I'll say local golf course. I could say local goat track. Um, just went for a late five o'clock hit. And um, I ended up playing with two girls that, was, that were playing behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, and one decided, I said, oh, look, it's really slow. There's nowhere to go. I said, do you just want to play together? Like, I don't, I'm just happy for a chat and a walk. And the one girl goes, oh, I'm actually going home. It's been too long, but she's staying. You two can play together. So we play together. Oh, great. Um, little Vietnamese lady um, hit the ball perfectly, had a sore foot, complained that she wasn't driving it that well, was just playing so well. Um, and she, we just had a great chat and a walk. And it was just like, she just got into golf after COVID, same as everybody else playing more and more. And it's like the story that you could hear a thousand times over at any course around Australia, I think at the moment. Yeah. They're definitely showing a different perspective to the game as well, which is so nice. It's more about the well-being and the walk and just Mm. spending time with friends as they usually do if they're going to the gym or going for a run as we do, we just talk and want to catch up with people. And I think golf is now that outlet as well. Um, oh, definitely. Just being definitely. comp rounds of golf, serious, all about the rules. They're just there for a really nice time and to enjoy the sunshine and good food and good wine afterwards. Yeah, that never hurts as well. I think um, she was definitely going on a way on a golf trip this week, and I think she said down the peninsula. So that's, again, common to common to a lot of people. But, um, yeah, she was just, you know, it's just like joining up with anyone else. It was a nice, easy day, nice, easy chat, just someone who's getting into golf. She was, Probably the one thing I found different about her to when I joined up, because I play with a lot of different people, I play a lot of golf by myself, that mm. she wasn't precious about um, golf, whereas you play with some guys and they get nervous. Like I'm not a, not a great golfer. Like I play off eight, but they freak out. Like they're like, oh, no, we, I can't play with you. You're really good. So I'm really not, and I don't care. Like you could shoot 10,000. 
She didn't care at all. She was the only thing she found impressive was I hit drive off the deck at one point. She said, "Can you do that again? And can I take a video?" And I'm like, "If you want, I don't know what you're possibly going to do with it." But She's it was go like, home and mirror that." <laughs> no, that's it. I'm like, "Don't do that. You break your club." But it was just like she just didn't care, and it was great. It was just the normal chat, and yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It was it was a really good day, and and yeah, I think it's it just nothing good, nothing nothing bad about seeing more and more women playing golf. Definitely, I agree. Um, now the other thing that I know about you. And, you, and the listeners probably know is that between us, we have three club championships at Kingston Heath. And they're all um, falling my way, unfortunately. They are, yeah. I don't, actually don't have any. I have never. I don't think I've even won a. I've only played there maybe half a dozen times, and I don't think I've even scored thirty six points. So no, um, I, well, I don't even know how to say congratulations enough. But how did how do I start? How did you end up at Kingston Heath? And firstly, and then tell me the story of what it was like to win one. And then go on and win two more, please. Yeah, no, of course. Um, firstly, I'm extremely, extremely grateful. Uh, member of Kingston Heath Golf Club. Uh, I had, uh, I was, I was 19 years of age, and um, I had a lot of friends and family at Kingston Heath. Um, especially a lot of my my mum's friends from school. A lot of her school friends have actually ended up joining Kingston Heath. Um. And, yeah, I reached out to a very, very close friend of mine, uh, Dale Marshall, who is also an eight-time, eight to ten-time yeah. champion at Kingston Heath, um, Australian amateur champion as well. And I said to her, look, I'm, I'm really interested in joining Kingston Heath. And I think within 48 hours, my forms were already in at the club. That's wow. how excited probably she was as well to have me there. Um, I was very, very grateful to have Michael Cocking as well, Mike Cocking, be yep. on my form to get in. So, I had some pretty nice heavy hitters getting yeah, absolutely. Club. Um, but yeah, so joined there, won a pennant flag in the first year, which was pretty exciting for the club to get back into Division One. They were mm. in a bit of a slump there for a while, going up and down from Div One to Div Two, um, and then it, t- it came up to club championship times. I played golf at another golf course in on the Melbourne Sandbelt at Victoria. I'd never won one there, um, so I knew. If I'm going to win one, I need to win one at my at, at Kingston Heath. So, yeah. 2020, so big year. We didn't have much golf to enjoy, but uh, came out in 2020 and won my first club championships. I think it was a bit of a a relief after losing the year before. So I had lost one going into the final of the second year. One, uh, second one was definitely a blur again with with COVID. Um, where I was working at the time, I was actually living in Tasmania, so I actually oh, moved wow. back to Melbourne just before the club championships. Won that one, um, and it was pretty much a fairy tale finish with with number three in the bag last year. So, um, it was many of you might know my grandpa actually played, played Test cricket, um, and at his first test over in South Africa he actually scored a hat trick so I could finally say I lived up to the the Klein name um, with number three but club champs actually start next next week so next week so yeah hopefully a quaddy is in the bag yeah um I'm very very thankful and grateful for for three and if it's that that's my time to hang up the boots then I would be very happy with that too it's so impressive do you? I'm going to ask you a lot of questions now, so just yeah. just get comfortable. <laughs> do you still get? Do you still get nervous? Hey, so nervous. Yeah. How do you yeah. deal with it? Um, I think you've just got to really trust the process. You got to trust your game. It's very weird to say that 
I'm probably not in my prime golfing years is what I mm. used to, I used to play at a very, very high level. Um, it's definitely not the same now, but in those big moments, if it's pennant or if it's just playing in the comp and I really want to stay under par or winning a third comp championships, I somehow am just able to stick it in and keep going. Yeah. I have a, a teammate and also a, a member at King's Heath that calls me up. She just says, you've just still got it. Whatever it is, you've just still got it. Um, so I guess that always just sticks in my head to just keep pushing and just keep going. Yeah. And uh, probably one thing that's just dawning on me that probably everyone that's listening is saying, what's a handicap? Plus two. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm amazing. Still, I'm probably playing a lot more than what I used to as well. When I was playing full time, you're not playing as many comp rounds just due to mm. the fact the women's course is lengthened. So clubs or um, tournaments might not want to rank, rank it for just a week's golf. Um, so I'm seeing now that I've probably got the most cards I've ever had in my handicap system and somehow yeah. can still play still the plus there. two. <laughs> some weeks that's awful, some weeks it's great. Um, it's just really a mixed bag. All right. Uh, we're not even getting to the bit. So I've, there's a bit coming up where I'm going to actually ask you questions, but I'm still just <laughs> going to keep asking you beforehand. <laughs> What's your best score? Six. And I've done it four times, six under four times. I'm waiting for the day I can get to seven, but it's just not happening. It's just not happening. Can I? Yeah. No one feels sorry for you. I'm not going (laughs) to lie at all. I don't think I've ever had six birdies in a round, let alone six. I'm not even close to that. I think I might, maybe when I played Tiger Woods on on PlayStation, I was close to that. That's about it. Yeah, I don't think I would be able to do that. I'm not very good with video games or anything like oh, that. Just, just out in the nature. That was where I was living my best life. <laughs> uh, that's really, really, really impressive. Like I, I, I think there'd be a lot of people that wouldn't know that story, obviously, but a lot of people would find that super, super impressive. Have you, have you ever thought about doing it for a living? Um, yeah, I did there for a while. Um, it's 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 a very tough game, and hopefully mm. one day there's a, a bigger difference with the pay um, with yeah. the, the women's game. Living in Australia, it's it's a big gamble um, going over to play in the states or even in Europe. Europe's a bit of a dying dying tour at the moment yeah. for the girls. But yeah, at the time I really considered it i was playing probably my best golf i was over in at st andrews i was one of the best australians to finish at the st rule trophy which is the equivalent to the st or oh, the st andrews trophy which is the men's mm-hmm. amateur event um and qualified for the british amateur as well that year over in wales i actually felt really sick so i actually had a cyst in my back that got infected mm. so i flew home um and was probably sidelined for about three months it was pretty much on my scap on my back so yep. every single time you'd sort of lean over it was splitting my stitches and yeah. luckily it was all fine and nothing sinister was in there but um I was working at part-time at Golf Victoria at the time and was offered a role to work in events there at Golf Victoria then Golf Australia and I guess from a financial perspective I was thinking oh well I've got a stable income. I'm mm. going to be able to sort of move forward with my own life, be able to play and enjoy golf from that side of it. Um, and, yeah, I decided to step away and just enjoy it for what it was. It was a tough decision at the start. Uh, you're sort of stepping away from being an athlete and playing so often your body changes female quite mm. quickly. Um, you need to learn that there's there's more to life than just being a professional or even a very, very good amateur. There's friends, there's drinking there's enjoying <laughs> yeah. food and wine 
um, but also just enjoying golf for what it was. And yeah. I think I was very lucky being a member at Kingston Heath. I got in with a great group on a Saturday morning and ended up playing golf with them very, very often. Mm. And that's now part of my routine. And I think I'm very lucky as well that I'm able to work in golf but also enjoy it. Um, there's a lot of people that step away from golf when they when they work in it, and I'm able to have that balance at the moment. But, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful now. I've got uh, a roof over my head that I've been able to afford myself at 26 years of age. I'm very, very grateful for that. But um, it's probably because of the decision that I made early on to step away and work on my career. Yeah. Oh, it would have taken massive courage because, yeah, you, it's, it's the difference between the unknown and the known. Definitely. Um, yeah, and at the end of the day, if you're sitting there content with where you are, then you made the right decision. At the end of the Definitely, day. yeah. And I think there's more to playing golf as well that you learn once you step away as well. There's careers, there's people that you even meet on the golf course. Um, when you're members of any golf club, um, you meet business people, you meet people that are willing to mm. help you and in, in your life and your career. Um, and I think that's that's one thing that people forget sometimes with golf is that there's so much more to it. There's you can work in it. You can meet people within it. You can network, meet yeah. your love of your life on the golf course. If that's, I've heard many, many stories of that as well. So um, golf can take you all over the world. So, mm. Oh, yeah. definitely. And it is different. I think I've played enough with enough professionals to know that the, the lens that they look at golf through versus the, the normal person is quite different because it's their job, you know? So when you talk about, um, I'll tell the story very quickly, but we played with Tom Powerhorn last year at the Vic Open, and he and I talked for most of the round uh, around um, live and 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 different things yeah. that were happening in golf and our thoughts on it. And we weren't exactly aligned, which is fine, but our lenses are so different because the money that's coming in to a, to where, to a, an environment where you are trying to earn an income is a very different proposition to someone like me who just can sit on the couch and make a decision about it. So. It's it is so 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 different from that professional point of view versus the versus the I'll say the mug punter, um, you know the, the the person that doesn't do it for a living just enjoys it, you know, goes and has exactly. a hit with some friends, plays poorly, has a beer, goes home. And the difference between men and women as well in oh, absolutely. the professional league. So yeah, fingers crossed, one day we can really break down those barriers and get to a point like tennis or soccer, mm. um, and yeah, give the girls the the salary and the financial support that they deserve to be yeah. out there the same amount of time as what the men are. And it is improving. I mean, the Vic Open's done really well. And the Aussie Open yeah. again this year has got both the men, the women, and the uh, all abilities, I think. Yep. Yeah. Um, and is it, is it played at the Lakes and the Aussie? Both, and the Aussie, across yeah. both? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that only helps. I mean, people, I think it's, I think from where we were a long time ago watching golf for me, um, you watch the men's game. Well, I would watch just as no, I wouldn't watch just as much women's golf, but I definitely watch a lot of women's golf. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that was even probably televised not that long ago. Um, no, so definitely not. Changing. It's starting to change, and yeah, it's exciting for the girls here in in Australia because they live so far away. So mm. yeah, I hope more more and more opportunities come up for them in the future. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so. They were a lot of questions, but now we're going to do the seven questions, the lucky seven. Oh, sorry, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to get back to that in a minute. I need to talk to you about the Ryder Cup. Yes. You went to the Ryder Cup. I know. I, I know, know you know, but <laughs> you need to tell me. It was the most amazing sporting experience I've ever been to or ever yeah. witnessed. It, 
it's just breathtaking. It's amazing. It's so just, which you were there on the Friday or Saturday? Friday oh. and Saturday, yep. yeah. So um, I can explain sort of what it was Good. like. And Yes, please. So I was on a four-week trip, which was lovely, just um, traveling around, no golf clubs, just enjoying a beautiful holiday. Um, and my last stop was in Rome. So, yeah, it was a at Marco Simone Golf Club, as everyone does know, but it's probably around 20 to 25 minutes out of out of Rome. Um, to get there, there was no way you could really get in by taxi or car. Um, yeah. Taxis were charging a, a minimum of 250 euros to yeah. travel 30 to 45 minutes. So um, they did they did well that week, mm. um, and I'm sure they did well the following week with the Americans you, staying in on. town. You, look, the surname of Caridi, I find it very hard to, to believe there were dodgy Italians there. <laughs> very hard to believe. Yes, I steered clear of that yeah. um, and decided to catch the train with every other um, patron, which mm. was pretty amazing. Um, I decided to get on the train at 5 o'clock in the morning, which was the first train out of Rome. It was full. We were wow. sardines in this train. It was the typical Sydney trains up and down, full. Everyone's yeah. just crammed in, ready to go. Chanting was starting at 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, and then from there, we got off the, the train and ended up on a bus for about 35 minutes. And that probably took us 20 to 25 minutes to get on the bus because there were so many people getting from this train station to the to the Ryder Cup. Um, I was very, very fortunate, though. I ended up not sitting in the first tee for the, for the morning session, but I was just off to that sort of right-hand side near where the hospitality area was. Mm -hmm. um, so I got to hear um, how loud that crowd was on that first tee and that first tee shot. And, yeah, the weather was perfect. It was beautiful. The infrastructure was – it's three to four times as big as what the President's Cup is. Yeah, it's wow. massive. It's, it's overwhelming how big it is. Um, and it's burnt down now. Yeah, I saw that caught fire. That would have been right where near you were standing. Right where I was standing was yeah. where it burnt down. So, um, yeah, that happened, which was a bit grim for them. So, mm. fingers crossed everyone's all right. Um, but, yeah, even before you get into the golf club, there's probably about 7 to 10 Ks that have been built over a brand-new road. So the Italian government built a brand-new road to get into Marco Simone to get everyone in and out. Um, so that was, a, that was a pretty big thing, and I don't believe they started that years out i think they no, only just no finished for the time that they started the Ryder cup yeah now it would have been um it was on the bucket list for a long time we just we just couldn't get tickets mm -hmm. um but i did put my name down again for beth page i've been to beth page to play and it was uh we went out in an uber because that was just easy and we we got did a deal with a, a driver yeah, I, I, we won't be doing that for if we do something. I get tickets in a couple of years' time, but the train will be out there, and it'll be the same. But it's a, I think it's a lot further out than the Marco Simone. I mean, it, it'd be an hour on the train yeah. at least. Yeah, so yeah, it's be, kind of the best way to do it as well. You kind of get to embrace yourself into the yeah. event and all the larrikins going out there. Absolutely, um, and speak about the day afterwards as well when traveling at home after yeah. too many. <laughs> oh, I, I I told I told the story the last podcast or the one before, but. Um, went to Birkdale when Spieth won, and yep. I went by myself. So I stayed in um, Liverpool and got the train up every day. So same thing, 40 minutes, and you go past Hillside, and then you get to Birkdale, and the whole train was an express, and it was full of me. Like, it was just a million me, men and women, mad for golf, talking yep. about golf the whole way there, and then they had the soccer chance and everyone drunk on the way home. It was <laughs> the best. It was absolutely the best. 
it's crazy. But like, even for a Ryder Cup, I was Switzerland. I'm not Europe. <laughs> I'm not American. And these Australians just in the middle of this cyclone of gold. Yeah. But you're wearing a European hat in a blue and white top. So they're like, are you representing USA, Europe? It's Europe all the way, mate. Like, do not come anywhere near me. It's Europe all the way. But, yeah, it was, it was very exciting. The chants were awesome. I was there when they started chanting, if you 4-0 up, stand up. It was <laughs> electric, electric. So saw the hats getting flicked around yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's now the biggest villain in golf. Um, yeah. But happy wedding day for him too, though, in Europe. Yeah, day after. That's it. Um, yeah, he uh, yeah, he did hit. Look, he's always he's been probably hated a lot just for slow play, um, but yeah, he's he's top of the pops now for everyone just being the person to hate, which is good. Golf needs villains. That's 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 fine. Definitely agree with uh, that. He doesn't care. He's getting paid more than enough. He he heals yeah. it. Um. Now we talked about before about being nervous. Do you think you could actually hit a tee ball on that on that first tee? Absolutely not. That way sound that they were doing yeah. way. I yeah. thought we were just doing it for the Americans because they teed no. off first, and then all of a sudden we're doing it for the Europeans. And all I'm thinking is, I'm going to shank it into the hospitality <laughs> tent <laughs> and probably yeah. over the 16th fairway. But yeah, if the plus two handicap is going to shank it, I'm pretty, I would not think I'd make contact. There's no way, no way. Terrifying, terrifying. Yeah. Oh, that's good. No, that that is absolutely another amazing. Like I think that anyone that can get to any of these bigger events, and even if not, like. People need to get to more events as it is. Australian Open, you know, PGA, Vic Open, doesn't matter what it is, men's, women's, anything. But um, yeah, you to get see something a lot that more big. Golf those events compared to the oh, right. Yeah, definitely. I was at least four or five holes in front, and I'm not a tall person. I'm only standing at five foot two, so yeah, I either somewhat squished my way through to make sure I was at the front so I could yep. see, um, or you need to at least be four holes in front. I think in Australia we're so lucky we've even got events that are putting down the ropes. Yeah. Um, if you get an opportunity to go to a, a Vic Open and, and walk the fairways with your dogs or your yes. kids, make the most of it because there's some great golfers that are are playing those events and would appreciate a, a great crowd. Absolutely. I think people don't realise, they look at the names that are there and go, I don't know anybody, but then you rewind and go, yeah, well, Lynn Willie was there like two years ago. And now the guy's, yeah. you know, probably everyone's favourite Aussie player on tour. Exactly. You could have seen the him. next big thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Kari Webb's there nearly every year, if not every year. Um, so many of the best female golfers end up there. It's, it's so good to go and watch. I think it's um, it's a really, really good event. It's one of my favourites for sure. Definitely. And we've got homegirl as well with Hannah Green coming back as, as much as she um, yep. desires. She loves Australia. She loves coming back um, and also loves playing the event with her fiancé as well. So mm. there's always some great stories within our Australian golf community as well. Oh, absolutely. All right, now... We're going to get to the lucky sevens question. So I don't know if you've heard these questions before. It's better when you haven't because then I'm surprised that, and you're surprised. Um, so seven questions so people can get to know more about you and golf, okay? Sure. First question, favorite golf course you've ever played? Um, for sentimental reasons, St. Andrews, old, mm. sure, amazing. Yeah. The best. Good I answer. think the town in itself is just amazing. Um, and the Dunhills here this week, so it's been nice to yeah, reminisce. It's, it's underwater, but yes. Yeah, um, I know. My goodness. You could put a boat through there at the moment. Oh, Jeepers. Carnasty looks ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. It does. Um, but I'm going to be biased and say Kingston Heath. Oh, good answer to I never get. I never get sick of it. No. 
exceptional. I've not played the old course. It is on the list. Um, Kingston Eighth is just exceptional. And I know Royal Melbourne always gets the number one position, but there are so many people that are very, very knowledgeable around the world that will argue that, no, it's Kingston Heath. So, again, good, good, um, very solid answers. No, no wrong answer there. Number one on the must playlist that you haven't played before. Oh, Tarini in New Zealand. Can I need to get over there? Can I tell you something that I found out two days ago? What? I don't know whether anyone, people listening to this, this might, but they might be finding out right now. Tatara Edie's always had the policy of the once in a lifetime ticket where you can basically send them a letter and say, listen, I want to use my once in a lifetime ticket. They've stopped doing the once in a lifetime ticket. Really? Yeah. And and for people at home, Liv's face just literally dropped. Oh, <laughs> oh no. So it stopped at the 1st of, of October this year. So like oh. two, a week and a half ago. So I found Nine out. days ago. That's me. Yeah. I found out through the No Laying Up, um, uh, the Nest website chat. And one of the guys mentioned it in there. I'm like, no, that can't be right. I'm going to send them an email today and find out. Because if that's the case and it finishes at the end of the year, I'm going next week. Um, and they politely wrote back and said, listen, um, yeah, we've just got to the point where um, we're a pro- private club and and from now on we're not doing that, but we've got Tauri up the road where you can absolutely go and play and have an amazing time. Wow. But, yeah, not open to um, not open to guests to the anymore. public. Yeah. I'm going to have to speak to our course architect, Brian Slornick at Commonwealth Golf Club and maybe put in a fail. <laughs> yeah. If you can sort it out, just let me know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's number one. I'm, I, I would love to play the old course, but t- – Tara Ed is my um screensaver on my phone. Yeah. So it's it like it is beautiful. It just looks amazing. So hopefully, I know one member. Um, hopefully one day I can sort that out. Definitely. It's only over the ditch as well. So we're gonna make them. I know. Well, when I got married, my wife and I went to New Zealand for our honeymoon, and because she's the best, um, I took my golf clubs with me. But Tara Edie was about a month from opening. So oh. uh, there was no way of going there, but I did play down in, in the South Island. But um, yeah, good part of the world too. You know, yeah, great place to play golf. Um, next question: You can only have one, the okay. Masters or the Open. Oh, the Open. You, you answered as quickly as Stuart Kerr. Really? Stuart Even quicker than Scott? He was very quick. He said the Open as well. Um, yeah, there's no wrong answer. Um, the open, I think most people will lean to just purely from the heritage. You know, it's just the history is there. The history of it, yeah, it's amazing. Um, striping a drive or flushing an iron, and for you, you might be like Max Homer, whoever was. I think it was Stu was telling the, he just they both you do it all the time now, so you don't really know the difference. But for for mere mortals like me, um, yeah, either is really good. I am becoming a mere mortal, so don't worry about that. Um, it's becoming more and more rare, especially when you take four weeks off and try and hack it around on the weekend. I think buttering an iron is yep. way better than flushing a driver. I agree. I think a, I think a long iron is good, a good answer. Actually, you know what? I ha- happily feel anything, but yeah, we talked about it last week, but just hitting an iron and not barely feeling the ball in the club, you've hit it so flush, is just nothing. But it has to be like a six or a five iron. Five. Yep. Like it's yep. got to be a high iron. Yeah. Oh, it's nothing. Um, no, I, yeah, absolutely. Now, this one I think I'm going to know the answer to, but I'll ask anyway. When you're putting, is it the pin in or pin out? Um, I'm actually a bit of both. Okay. Yeah, so far away, definitely pin in. Yep. My eyes aren't the best, especially I, I'm very I'm long sighted. Yep. 
but I do like the feeling of just for a depth perception perspective of putting with the pin in when it's far away, up close, pin out. Yeah. So you and I are the same. I, I don't mind having it out if it's, yeah, if I need to just, even if it's like 25, 30 feet, but yeah. anything closer than six feet on, it has to come out. Yeah. Um, are you a dew sweeper or a half set and sunset? Are you in the morning golfer or an afternoon golfer? Again, a bit of both play Saturday mornings it's pretty much part of my routine you'll see me out there at 7 30 between 7 30 and 8 30 yep. on Saturday morning um but also love daylight savings gold mm. uh, now with the furrows the yes. short course of Kingston Heath finished um I think I'll be hanging out there after work a lot this summer do you it's probably different at, at Kingston Heath than it is at my local goat track but so for me, it's literally six golf clubs and I'll have a speaker hanging off the side of my bag. I'm guessing you're not getting away with a speaker at Kingston Heath? Probably not the speakers. I think the um, the birds are probably doing enough noise oh, yeah. for me out there, which is pretty beautiful. I do like escaping from, from life and, and music. Yep. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. The, the nature around me, uh, but love a half set. Yeah. No, my... Uh, this is hard. This is my shameless bag season. It doesn't come out in winter because I would never get it wet. But um, yeah, it it's uh, it'll be definitely getting some solid use over the next few months for sure. Yeah, same. I'm pretty excited. Hopefully, it's a good summer season for us this summer. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um. Last question, the one you probably have to think about the most. Do you have a favorite golf memento or keepsake? It can be something in your golf bag. Could be something at home, but something that, you know, just you couldn't you couldn't live without it yeah uh yes i have a australian ball marker it's like got diamantes all over it had the same one since i was playing full-time um lost a few but also had to buy a few cost me a fortune to find them but i have found some so they're they're pretty pretty important i've marked my golf ball the same ever since i played started playing golf Um, at 11 years of age how do you do it? I have a green sharpie circle. I have a yeah. pink sharpie circle and a purple one. So they're three different colors on the golf ball. Three circles, as in like you colored in the dimple or? Color in the dimples, yeah. yeah. Green, pink, and purple. Okay. Always been the same. And I have a tartan tea. Yeah. Like little bags. Yeah. Double bags. Yeah, little pouch thing. Little pouch and from St Andrews as well. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Pretty cool. Yeah, I think um, it's probably one of the questions we've had before that I've sort of chopped in and out. But yeah, I mark my ball the same way. So I do buy number twenty one. My lucky number is twenty one, and I know Tyrus makes the twenty one, so I do buy those when I see them. But if I don't, I make like a little. It's like a really crappy smiley face because <laughs> I found one like this is a million years ago, and I found a, a new fresh Pro V one day, and it had this marking on it. And I took it and used it the next day because it was brand new. And I played really well. I've marked it the same way for 20 years. It wasn't even my marking to begin with. It was someone else. It's terrible. It looks terrible, but everyone knows it. I've, I've had people playing three groups behind me when I've lost one and come in and giving it back to me because they've found same. it somewhere. I, that's happened to me multiple times. They're like, Liv, no one else colors, colors the ball the same. Like, you're screwed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, good keepsake. Thanks you for got, the ball. <laughs> you got it back. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for no, finding thanks for... it. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um. Now we're going to get to the heavy part of the golf golf conversation. We're just going to talk a bit about golf. Do you watch much golf? We got a lot I of do. working. Yeah, I watch a lot of. Ma- I watch the majors for sure. Yep. Um, yep. 
love the open just because of timings and stuff. Oh yeah. Love starting golf at four thirty in the afternoon and, and falling asleep to it instead of getting up at four thirty in the morning or whatever we have to get up to to watch yeah. the Americans play golf. Um love watching the women's game and also just love seeing a lot of girls and guys that I play golf with as well doing yeah. well. So yeah, it's it's been a, a great few years seeing them succeed and win majors. Um, yep. And also just been clapping them on the sideline as well, which has been really good. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, like I think I said a minute ago, I think it's it's great to be able to see so many different types of golf on television. Like this weekend alone, I know yeah. that the Dunhill was on, Sanderson Farms was on, the Asian Tour had the one of their elevated events on, the WA Open was on, um, LPGA was on, and the Senior Tour was on all weekend. And the Epsom and Corn Ferry with their the Corn Ferry, yes, as well. Championship, yeah. It's been a big week. It is a big week for the dead dead part of the golfing season. Um, for, you know, for Australians, we're just sort of just about to come into our one month of golf. But um, yeah, it's still so much on TV, especially the week after the Friday Cup. It hasn't really mm. slowed down at all. Um, so for this week's golf, we had Sanderson Farms. Uh, Luke List, who is a notoriously horrendous putter, uh, made a forty-four foot putt uh, in his first playoff hole to win. Um, so we talk a lot about strokes gained here. So strokes gained putting, he averages about flat. So he's two average. So, which is, you know, good, cool, whatever. Um, he was positive one and a half strokes around this week on average. So we talk about it a lot in trying to find that, um, that golden goose for the week to sort of have a bet on. You really need to find someone who's trending in a stat that they're pouring, right? So I'm pouring everything. It's not going to work. Luke List is great at everything or putter. But if you can find him in the week when he putts well, this is what happens. Um, has a really, really, really good week. The closest he's been to this was I looked up Farmers Insurance in 2022, and he still didn't finish as well, plus 1.26 strokes, which is amazing. Um, he it was a five-man playoff. Ludwig Aberg or a Oberg, as we now say, because we've all been taught his name after the Ryder Cup. Ben Griffin, Scott Stallings, and Henrik Norlander fell over themselves. It was honestly, you've never seen anything like. It. I don't know if you watched any of it this morning. It was like dominoes. Oh my one god! One after the other. It was terrible. <laughs> um, I had money on Mark Hubbard, homeless hubs, who finished bogey bogey after getting to about seven under on the day. Um, he was one of our picks last week, and I thought he's gonna he's gonna pinch this. Um, and he had two really he three putted from I think it was about twelve or fifteen feet um, to make the first bogey, and then made another one on eighteen. So uh, that put him out of it out of contention. But yeah, Luke List was amazing. The putt that he made was amazing. Um, yeah, I felt sorry for for a few of the other guys, especially Ben Griffin. But yeah, it was a it wasn't a pretty watch down the stretch. No, no, it was um yeah falling from grace from all of them, which wasn't ideal. No. Um, but yeah, the relief on Luke List's face after that putt win, my goodness. Yeah. He must have been pumped. It's good to see someone, you know, he's he, I won't say he's a grinder. Um, he's definitely one before. He's someone that I invested in weekly, uh, years gone by. We did say before this tournament started, you need to be a big hitter and he's he hits a ball a mile. Um so it did suit him very well, but he just doesn't putt well enough. So he didn't rate very well in my numbers because you need to putt well, but he did this week. So good luck to Luke. Um, the other one, or a couple other tournaments we talked about this week, WA Open, um, Simon Hawks won by two over Jason Norris and Connor McKinney. Connor McKinney, again, was in our picks last week, so another second-place finish, which was not ideal. Um, Simon won the Vic Open in 2019, so another big win. He was very, very happy as well. 
He was. He's um, a, a lovely, a lovely gentleman. Um, I do know Simon quite well, so I yep. sent him a, a message to say that Bunker Shot was absolute class, mate. Congratulations. Um, definitely a journeyman, gone up and down with his yeah. career, considered giving it away. Um, he actually did give it away for a while and was living on at Bowen Heads um, yep. and working out of Bowen Heads there for a while uh, between the years of 2019 to, to now um, and also being bit of a greenskeeper at yep. Seven Mile Beach as well at, yep. in Hobart right. and helping out down there. Um, started the season, probably could have lost his tour card this year if he didn't play too well over this summer and starts off with a win. So pretty excited for, for him and hoping he has a great rest of the season as well and a bit of confidence going into the Vic Open where he yeah. won in 2019. And if he's been playing out of Barwon, he should, uh, he's not going to have any, I mean, He'd know the conditions of the course inside out. Terrain quite well. As oh yeah. Well, so yeah, I think he loves going down there and playing some golf. I did see the seven mile guys winding him up. I think once he got into contention, was saying if he keeps this up, he's going to be made head grass cutter or something like I that. Saw that. Something like that. <laughs> it was a bit, a bit, don't worry, bit harsh. Tasmanian through and through. I don't think he'll be leaving Hobart anytime soon, so he'll be no. a big advocate for Seven Mile Beach when it when it opens down there. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's another one that I can't wait to see once it's done. Same, same. Um, the other event that was probably big in the scheme of things for golf, but probably people didn't really pay much attention to, was the Corn Ferry um, Tour Championship. So Paul Barjon won um, over three from Fabian Gomez. So they, they they basically give 30 cards out. So if you're finishing top 30 at this point, you're getting your card. Um, there were two really big stories that came out of it. One was Shard Tutin. I had to look up his name because I would have said Shad, but it's Shard. Um, he took a he got penalized post round. So he came into the clubhouse sitting in, I think his position number 29. So he had his card locked up. He'd been in the top 30 all year. Um, his lift clean and place. On the 13th hole, he's um lift cleaned and placed. But as he's placed it, the ball's rolled forward slightly. He's then picked it up. But instead of trying to replace it exactly where he'd placed it the first time, he's put it into a, a new spot. Mm. The new spot meant that he's then pinged for a penalty. Mm. What that meant was the two shots knocked him from 28th or 29th on the order of merit for the year to number 32. So he misses his card, his tour card for next year. So he's not he's been in all year and now doesn't have a uh, a PJ tour card for next year, which is um, yeah just devastating for him. But the other side of the coin was Rafael Campos. So he he had also been into the tournament ranked number 23. Um, and I, I absolutely tell everyone who's listening to this who hasn't seen it, look up the um, interview with him post-round. You've never seen a guy more um, grateful, broken, happy, sad in one 10-minute or five-minute conversation. He was just so broken post a really, really, really tough season. Um, missed a birdie putt on the 18th hole. Thought he'd then missed his card or chance to get to, get to the back to the PGA Tour. Uh, he ended up with the issues with, um, I've already forgotten his name, with Shard Tutin, he then has um, basically leapfrobbed him back in. So he jumped He jumped from number 30, uh, 31 back into number 30. So he got his card. The guy was in tears about it. Um, it was just unbelievable viewing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you saw any of that. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Um, it's such an emotional week for all of them, I guess. It's probably the hardest you have to play out on tour, right? Yeah. On, on ferry tour, it's um, it's a grind every week. If you're not playing well, you're not going to be able to get your tour card. No. Um, 
and yeah, it was it was very emotional watching watching a lot of those reactions to to getting those tour cards and also seeing that there's not one way of doing it either. A lot of them mm. had gone back and forth, maybe between PGA. Um, some have gone to Canada. Some have gone yeah. to the you know to us. So there's just so many ways of doing it, but they've all got a story, um, and and they're showing that it's not as easy as just getting a tour card and doing well on tour. No, um, you've got to work really, really hard. Um, and I hope all of those guys, all of those thirty guys, and even the Espers S, what's the women's the girls tour, the Epson, Epson tour. I also hope they go out there and mm. kill. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's back to what we said before. Like, I'm not a professional golfer; I've never been close to it. It's not my job. But for someone like that, you see how much it means to them. Like, when people talk about, I'm going to go on a, I don't a live. I don't know how you feel about live, but I'm going to have a mini live rant. But it's not really a rant. Um, it's not about me, by the way. The no, it's not about you. It's yeah. about <laughs> correct, correct. It's 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 the difference that for me is the difference between my interest in watching live, which is however many it is, forty eight guys that have been picked to drive a wedge in professional golf and get paid stupid amounts of money to go and do it, um, versus a guy like Rafa Campos who is literally in tears at the end of his season because he has worked so hard to try and get back to a tour where he wants to earn a living and play against the best in the world, like. You don't get that story on live. You just don't. You'll get, you know, guys doing shoeys and a DJ and cool. Go if that's what you love, go and do it. Like, I go nuts. I don't care. But don't tell me it's it's the same or better. It's just not. It's just simply not. Anyway. Agreed. Yeah. No, they um they really show the real grit in golf mm. and what it's about. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. My goodness, what an emotional year for them all. Emotional. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um. On the LPGA, uh, H.J. Kim again wins. She's a machine. Uh, Ataya Titical second, Bianca. Pan- oh, I'm going to ruin her surname. I always do. Pagdanian. <laughs> very good. close. Uh, finished second. And Sarah Kemp in fourth. Aussie, Sarah Kemp. Um, didn't didn't see a lot of the, the women's event this week, um, but they are coming up just a little bit of a tour. They're off into, they're playing Korea in a couple of weeks' time and moving around a little bit, so they're getting into a bit of a silly season as well. Did you see any of the, the LPGA this week? No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I was probably a little bit uh, jet lagged, I would say, this week. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so I was just trying to get back on to Melbourne time. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Uh, well, you could have stayed up and watched a DP World Tour. They're still going. Um, Poor so things. My they, they, as we as we mentioned before, it's been pouring there, rained out uh, for Saturday and. Sunday? No, sun, Saturday, Sunday or Sunday, Monday? Um, no, Saturday, Sunday must be because I haven't played the third round yet. And because it's played over three courses, I think they have to get this round in. Otherwise, I don't know how they play the event because not everyone's played the same course. Like, what do you do? You can't just say Matt Fitz is winning, he wins. He might have played two of the easy courses and has the hard one to come. So it makes it really difficult. Yeah. I know they are going out. They are supposedly going out. I think they have teed off. I did did see. They are, um, and Matthew Southgate has gone straight past him. He's five under through five, so he's making a charge. So good luck. Yeah, and they're all playing at St. Andrews. Oh, sorry, Southgate and Fitzy are both playing at St. Andrews today. So that will be interesting to keep an eye on, I think, um, for the rest of this evening. I don't know whether it's going to be on television, and by the time people are listening to this, it's probably over. Hopefully it's over and they've got a result. But we'll wait and see. Um, The only person we've got going in there for us is, uh, for my pick from last week, was Billy Horshaw, who's sitting about four off the lead, I think he was. I don't think he's going to get there, but stranger things have happened. 
So for the picks from last week, just to quickly run through the results. So we didn't have any winners. We got pretty close on a couple, as we said. Mark Hubbard on the Shriners. Sorry, the Shriners. Sanderson Farms. Uh, he finished just outside the playoff by one shot after bogeying his last two. Top 20 picks didn't go any good. Round one leader was uh, Norlander, uh, Georgia Bulldog, but we didn't have him. Um, and the three-ball multi was no good. I can't see the results there, but I know we didn't win that. Um, we said Bo Hoslow, who was the, one of the favorites, wouldn't win, and he didn't win. Um, we still got Horschel going at the Dunhill Links in the Corn Ferry Championship. Uh, we had uh, Phillips, who finished sixth, and Anderson, SEN, finished 10th. Anderson was absolutely heartbreaking. He was very, very poor over the final two rounds after leading for the first two rounds. Um, the LPGA, we didn't yet have a winner, and we had Connor McKinney second in the WA Open at pretty reasonable odds. So as was just a close week, but a nothing week, to be honest with you. Um, if you do want to get on the email, I know that's exciting for all of you that listen to me, real off all those bets that didn't win or picks that didn't win. But if you do want to um, get the email, it is growing in, um, I'll say listeners, viewers, um, people that are getting it each week. It's threeputtpodcast at gmail.com. Just flick me a note or flick us a note on Instagram and I'll add you to the list. If nothing else, you'll have all the data there and you can pick someone else that I haven't picked if you like because you can see all the numbers and how they're being drawn up. This week's event is the Shriners Children's Open, which is in Vegas, Las Vegas. For everyone watching at home, TPC Summerlin has been played there for a very long time now. Um, I always think of this course, of this tournament, I always think of Justin Timberlake. Yes. Remember when Justin Timberlake was the host of this event? Yes, I do. That's... Uh, Let's just don't get that anymore. We've got Tiger Woods and, you know, Arnold Palmer's event and, you know, Jack Nicholas's event. And we had Justin Timberlake's event, which is, just seems so weird that that was a thing. It'll be, um, you know, who'll end up getting it. Um, what's his name? The rapper. Um, DJ Carly. DJ Carly will, will have an event soon enough because he's all about golf. When I was in Miami, I don't yes, know. I did this. notice that during the Ryder Cup. He yeah. Loving it. He was he, posting everything. I was in Miami um, week before the Ryder Cup, and there's a store, a Nike store that we went into, and it must be either owned or subsidized by DJ Khalid, and they had all of his Nikes in the window, which was great, but they had all of his golf gear, and they all oh, says, wow. let's go golfing on the front. It's terrible. It's so, it's putrid. The hats, the bucket hats, T-shirts and stuff, it's so bad. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing in Miami, at least anyway. I don't know. It's very, very odd. Uh Tom Kim won here last year, beat Cantlay and Maddie Naismith. Uh, previous winners, Sungja Im, Martin Laird, Kevin Nah, Bryson and Patrick Cantlay. Um, lots of Aussie winners, ANZ winners, New Zealand winners. So Rod Pampling won here in 2016, Andre Stoltz 2004, Appleby 2003, Phil Tatarangi was my, one of my favourites back in the day, 2002. And then the Shark won in 1986. Bent it's grass, a, hey? Hey? Bent grass. That's it. They've redone them up, but they're still bent. It'll be a um, one of those things where you see Aussies play well. Vegas, yeah. West Coast, we just we just dominate. used to it. Yeah, I agree. That'd be one to watch. And I know um, Harrison Endicott played really, really well this week early, so he's he a, someone that could could have a good week this week for sure. Um, the other person that's playing, oh, sorry, big names playing, Tom Kim, um, Aberg's playing again. Seawood Kim, Cameron Davis, Lucas Herbert, and Lexi Thompson. Did you know Lexi Thompson's got an invite into the event? First one. I thought she maybe had played a PGA Tour event before, but no, first one. No, I don't think, yeah, I can't remember her getting into one. I know, obviously, back in the day, Michelle Wee played a couple and Annika played a couple. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not not sold on – I mean, I don't 
I think part of the problem with Lexi is I don't actually love Lexi. I'd rather say a a person that I I think she's obviously you know the American crowds love Lexi, so that that's that's going to do things and people will go and watch for sure. But she hasn't been playing great golf. I'm actually concerned she's going to play quite poorly and finish quite poorly, which I know that's not what it's about. But I don't know. I think they've got to pick somebody different. I'm not not sure. Don't know if you have a, any sorts of opinions. Yeah, yeah, she hasn't been playing great, but um, I guess coming off the Solheim Cup, she's probably got a little bit of grit and grind behind her. Mm. Um, she's true. probably getting ready as well to play with Ricky Fowler a little bit later. Yeah, they'll play the pairs. Yeah, yeah, they normally taking do. Over, um, Jessica called a spot due to the fact that she's pregnant, so probably just getting ready for that. And yeah, fingers crossed she can go all right. But yeah, mm. I think there's probably a better chance with potentially some Aussies playing well. Yeah. She wasn't my pick. She wasn't your pick? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she won't be my pick either. So um, I'll give everyone the handle on the odds. Um, the first ones up are always about 365. So Ludwig Oberg is again the favorite at $15. Tom Kim, $15. Return favorite. Um, very short, to be honest. Cameron Davis, 26. Siwoo Kim, 26. Eric Cole, 31. Adam Schenk, 34. JT Poston, 34. Emiliano Grio, 34. Nikolai Hogard, 34. Vincent, don't call me Greg Norman, 36. Aaron Rye, 41. JJ Spawn, 41. Davis Thompson, 41. Adam Spenson, the Canadian, 41. My God, this is a terrible field. Uh, Lucas Herbert is 46. I think that's about the only name. And last week's winner, Luke, Luke List, is 51. So there's not a lot of faith in Luke going back to back. This is going to be a really tough week. It's that sort of, I know, Liv, you're not a big golf gambler. But it is that sort of the season where two things happen. If you remember nothing about this podcast and you wipe it from your brain forever, this time of year is horrendous for betting on golf because it's if it's normally a lottery anyway. You've got 130 guys and and one woman this way, and anyone can win because anyone can win on their day, right? But they're just so hard to match up because they're so all over the place. It's not like you've got the cream of the crop and you see those guys kind of playing each other each week. Um, so it's really, 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 really tough. And also... You just don't know who's really um, playing well, like you were saying before, like even for you, right? You take four weeks off. It takes a little bit to get back. Like you just don't know who's feeling it, not feeling it. Um, it's just so, so, so difficult. Um, mm, and, you have, and you get and a lot of guys off corn ferry. Well. Like you're yep. dealing with some players that, like the fringe players that haven't been able to get into the fields with yep. FedEx are there pretty much in form because they haven't been playing much golf and they've been practicing a lot. And then you guys that have probably got sponsor stuff that they yep. need to do. So there's, for instance, Aberg, who's probably said, yes, yes, I'm going to play that event thinking, well, I'm not coming off a hangover from the Ryder Cup, um, but I'm going to make sure that I live up to my agreements that I've had throughout the year. Yep. And, yeah, it's a very, very mixed bag. He also is, I think he's trying to also work around his re-ranks. So after, you need to finish top, I think it's top 60 at the end of this year mm. on the order of merit, whatever it is. Um, and if you're not already sitting in the certain rankings, you'll get into X amount of events for the new, however they're shaking out the new season with those elevated, escalated, events, yeah. whatever they are trying to call them this week events. So it will be um, it will be a bit interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm not not quite sure. But yeah, like you said, the Corn Ferry guys are the ones that are the, the toughest ones, right? Because... They've been playing against Corn Ferry players. Now they're stepping up to the PGA Tour against PGA Tour guys, right? So from a, I was talking about it in, for, our, for our gamblers at home. 
it's like a horse that's been running in Sydney against the Sydney horses comes down for the Melbourne Cup. And it's like, well, I don't know how he's going to go against these horses, but I know how the Melbourne horses go against the Melbourne horses. So it's very difficult to line up. But the one thing I can tell you about the Corn Ferry guys that are going to get into this event, they are rock solid and absolutely ready to fire because they've been grinding their asses off to get here. Um, they haven't sat down like a bit. God's got a PGA tour card and picked his events for the year. These guys, like we saw at Campos in tears, have been grinding to get here and they are hungry. And um, they they do damage this time of year. They really do come out and and, and um, yeah, make some make some enemies, which is good. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, the stats that work this week. So playing a little bit of altitude this week in Las Vegas. So distance shouldn't be a problem. Accuracy is absolute must. You need to be accurate on this course. Uh, strokes gained approach from 100 to 150 yards make up 36% of approach shots. So I'll be looking at that. Strokes gained T to green, very important. Um, and bring your putter, make sure it works on bent. So greens have been cleaned up since last year and renovated, but same, same. So they're the things that I'm going to need to do. Now, before we keep going, I haven't done any form on this event yet. So I ran out of time today. So I don't have my normal data run yet. So you are, have a massive advantage because we're both going to be guessing from guesses. Right? So that's, that's the way it should be. But we're going to play Mike versus the mug. Now you're going to be the mug. I did pre-warn you that you're going to, I'm going to call you a mug at some point. Have you had time to remotely look at the field? Yes, I have. Yes. It's going to be very vanilla, very basic. That's all right. But we're going to go with it. We're Good. Go with it. All right. So what we're going to do for everyone at home is Liv's going to pick three golfers. I am then going to pick three golfers. If any of Liv's golfers beat my three, just needs one to beat them, then I'll donate fifty dollars to whatever charity Liv wants me to give money to. Do you have a charity? It can be any. I charity. do. Oh, I yes. do. You're very prepared. <laughs> um, well, it's on top of it's a very important one to me, so we'll Good. definitely be sending money their way. Yes. Um, challenge kids with cancer. You love it. I'm happy to do that. I've got my um, Luke the Duck, Luke the Duck um, bucket cap for my yeah. very very bald head for summertime um and i've got my head cover there too somewhere um okay good all right challenge kids it is so who have you got pick number one if you're this is nerve-wracking isn't it who are you gonna pick for number one i've got to pick the swede i've got to pick ikea aberg that's not fair <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. we don't know no, nah, he's, he's not tired. He won't be nice fit. He's young. He was tired in round one this week, and then he was really good for three rounds. So and he was fired up. Yeah. No, good pick. All right. Who's number two? I want to see C. Wu shaking yep. that ass. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> do you remember from that President's Cup? I do. I do. I do. He's he's another very good pick. I can tell you now. See, Wu would have been in my picks. I wouldn't have picked Oberg though. So you're safe there. Yeah. I think I think yeah. he'll go really well, but I, I don't. I, I hate picking the favourite, so you're safe there. Who's your third pick? I think I'm going to go Cam Davis. I was definitely going to pick Cam Davis really? as well. All right. So again, like most people that come on to the to this, somehow you're all supposed to be no good at this, but you pick like two of two of my players or three of my players. So this is going to make things quite difficult. Um, if you're going to take those guys, I will go. I'm not, not, Eric Cole's not playing. I'm going to just look down the field now. Eric Cole's not playing good at all. I'm going to take Adam Svensson again. Why? Because I'm an idiot and he keeps letting me down, but I keep picking him. Um, Canadian came off the Corn Ferry Tour two years ago, 
looked like he was going to catch lightning in the bottle and go really well, but he just hasn't quite. He's had one win, but hasn't quite tied it all together. If you're going to take Cam Davis, I'm going to take Lucas Herbert. I'm going to take oh, Lucas. Oh, boy. I feel bad now. I haven't taken him. If Sorry, he, Lucas. We still love you. If he wins, I'm going to message him and tell him you didn't pick him. Yeah. Um, He's going to be disappointed in me. <laughs> I'm picking Herbie for two reasons. One, he's an Aussie. Um, and two, he needs to get a rocket up his bum because he's on the end of his tour card. And... And I mean, I'm saying this with complete love because I really do like Herbie. He's a Western Bulldog supporter, so we're brothers. Um, Herbie is doing everything to act and show and come across as an elite PGA Tour player, but he hasn't been playing it lately. And it's not as easy as just playing like it. I get that, right? But right now, he's pumping out all the stuff on the socials. Looks amazing. Like he's he's could be anybody. Problem is, his results aren't there. And if he doesn't get great results in the next six or eight months, he's gonna be on the Corn Ferry Tour. So I think he's got that fire in his belly, and I think I think I think and hope that he's going to get it done. And, and hopefully, Jamie um, Glazier is doing you know good work with him off the course for the mental stuff. And um, yeah, so Herbie's going to be my um, my second pick with absolutely no um, no rhyme or reason. Um, and the last one I'm going to pick is the same guy I picked last week for no apparent reason. S uh, S H Kim. Oh, nice. So Koreans seem to have done pretty well here as well. Yeah, um, we didn't so, pick the defending chair. Mm. No, no, no. Who, um, Tom Kim. No, I like Tom Kim. Was he going to? Was he going to be your third pick? Maybe I was thinking him, but I decided to stick to my Aussie roots. Good, I like it. Mm. Well, Tom Kim is a guy that is an absolute ball striker. Um, he probably will end up in my final picks because if the things that he does well is approach shots and everything else, I just don't know that he's playing good golf. He did have a couple of good rounds recently, mm. um, but no, I'll stick. I'll stick with. Um, I'll stick with SH Kim. Um, give you a chance to take my money and give it to give it to a good charity, which is good. Um, that's it. So next week, um, we'll be back for the. Uh, Zozo, Japan, and the ladies BMW Ladies Championships in Korea. The other events on this week, which will be in the email when I send it out, Spanish Open. Uh, that's another reason why they've got to get out of Scotland because they want to go down to Spain and get some sun. Uh, WAPGAs this week and the Buick for, in Shanghai this week for the women. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, they're going, I don't know where they played this week, what part of the states they are in, but then they got to fly to Shanghai and then the week after is in Korea. So that's a yeah. fair bit of travel. Fair bit of travel. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, for anyone that has got this far and is still listening to us jabber on, um, if you do want to follow on Instagram, it's three part podcast on Instagram, uh, three part pod on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. I don't really care. Um, if you do want to get on the email, it's three part podcast at gmail.com. Liv, thank you so much for the time. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. And I think I speak on behalf of everyone when we say good luck for next week. Thank you. Thank you so much. If, if you win, we'll probably have to get you on at some point to tell us all about it. Definitely. Definitely for sure. We'll have to have champagne while we're doing it, though. Yeah, I'm 100% in for that. Yes. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much again for your time. That's all right. No problem. Cheers.